Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. This show is brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, where they speak for cats, which is what this program is all about. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food called Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I personally can recommend because it is based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Please show your appreciation that Dr. Elsie's underwrites this show by choosing their products whenever you can. I am really delighted to have Dr. Jennifer Conrad back on the show. She's the extraordinary, tireless, and incredibly successful veterinarian very good doctor, but really successful at ending declawing as much as she can state by state across the country with the PAW Project. Dr. Jennifer, you've come up with a wonderful new way for people to get their own cat, not only into the movies, but to personally, if you will, help end declawing. It's such a great idea. Put your cat in the movies. Can you talk a little bit about what this new campaign is? The... Um Yes, and thank you for having me on the show. Uh, the campaign is the production company, which is called Clawson and Clawson Cinematics, came up with a documentary on cats, and they decided that they wanted money to go to the Paw Project, so they offered the credits on the movie, you know, the rolling credits, right. to for people who uh, wanted to put their cats, their Nepo baby cats, in the movies, uh, their names and or pictures, and um, it shows the solidarity of all the cats in the world that they want to end declawing. And uh, so their names will be on the movie, and, um, and the contribution goes to, the, to ending declawing of cats. And the work you've been doing so tirelessly with a very small core group of fellow doctors and cat protectors to end this practice in the United States. When you say that cats around the world, let's talk for a minute about what is allowed or not allowed in other countries in the world vis-a-vis declawing. I mean, it's a rhetorical question. We know the answer, but can you please describe how incredibly archaic and medieval the United States is in this regard? Yes. um, Unfortunately, declawing is only really something that happens in the United States. It still happens on 20 to 25 percent of American cats, believe it or not. Wow. And um, and the only time we really see it anywhere else is when an expat goes to a different country and asks a veterinarian to declaw the cat in that country. So we see it sometimes in South Korea or um, other countries. But in England, uh, a lot of expats were asking their, for their cats to be declawed. And uh, the British responded with an actual law 
calling it unnecessary mutilation. And, and so that's the, what the, the norm is or in the rest of the world is, is considering that declawing because it's an amputation of a toe bone. It's not some fancy manicure. So the rest of the world thinks it's, it's sadistic. And yet 20 to 25% of American cats are still declawed and it might be even higher in the Midwest. Why the this Midwest? has to stop. Because it's just, it's, um, there are a lot of apartments, giant apartment complexes oh. that require it. What? And there are, it's true. And a lot wow. of people in the, Midwest, in the Midwest aren't thinking about it as, uh, oh, I'm amputating my cat's toe bones. They're thinking, oh, I'm protecting my couch. And this is what I've always done. And my cat's always been fine. I think it's just a cultural thing. And so... I think it's harder on the coasts. I think you see fewer cats, and that's where the twenty to twenty-five percent. But in the Midwest, I mean, some surveys say fifty percent of cats are declawed. Well, considering what a good politician you are, so to speak, politician on behalf of cats, why would you not be going after the laws in those states or towns that require declawing in order to rent an apartment? That's really horrifying. Talk about in, well, perpetuating ignorance. Yeah, well, um, unfortunately, it's hard to get politicians who in those states who have declawed all their cats to recognize that it's a problem. And so it's harder to get people to see that they've done something that's wrong and they have to change their behavior now. It's just harder. And um, that's why we've been able to ban declawing in the state of New York and in the state of Maryland. And we have other legislation on in um, on the states that are more uh, either east or west. But in the Midwest, it's very hard because no one recognizes the problem. So what we're looking for is education. In the end of the day, if people become educated, not only to the fact that it is a mutilation of the cat's feet, a permanent mutilation of the way they're put together anatomically, it's destroying part of their anatomy, it's, uh, you know, would you amputate their whole foot if you didn't want them to put their claws into your sofa? No, you would buy good scratching posts. How about that, people? I guess that if they if there was a way to educate more people, and of course this is always the uphill battle for people like yourself, I'm always leery of the word activist, but you are a humanitarian, catatarian activist, but you do it legally and you do it by education and you do it by very creative outreach, like Put Your Cat in the Movies, which in a minute will, you can go to pawproject.org and find out more about it. And we'll talk about it more in a little minute. But I guess what's really frustrating is for people who understand love, know the truth about how cat's anatomy and brain wiring works is the cats need to use their claws. It's essential to their physical well-being and emotional well-being. So you aren't just cutting off the toe bone. And I know that's what you have to focus on to show the destruction of part of the skeleton of a cat, but it's the the impeding their well-being, physical and mental, that's really distressing. So then don't have a cat. I mean, I, I hate to just put it that way. If you don't get it, then don't have a cat. If you don't understand that they need to stretch out their spine, that they need to mark, that it's part of being instinctively a cat, then don't have a cat. 
I mean, does that ever – do you ever get frustrated to that point? I'm feeling frustrated that half the country, half of the people in half of the country are still chopping their cat's toes off. I get I, – I do, but I think that rather than say don't have a cat, I think you have to – because if cats need homes, I think you have to understand to be tolerant. People are so tolerant of their puppy chewing a couch – but immediately the cat scratches on the couch and they go to decline. I think that it's also unfortunate that as humans, we don't recognize because we don't have anything analogous in our lives, right, but right. the pleasure that a cat gets by scratching. And then the other thing that I think people should recognize is that a cat only scratches to mark territory, meaning this is my human. This is my hum- where my human sits. I'm marking it so other cats know that this human is claimed. <laughs> and that is a, it's a love letter. Yeah. It's yeah. a love letter. And if people saw it that way, then they could obviously provide the appropriate scratching post in the appropriate place. Because if you, if you put a scratching post in the garage behind the dryer, the cat, that is not where the cat wants to mark territory. The cat wants to mark territory where you are. Yeah. It is a message uh, that you are owned by that cat. In the best of all possible senses. And I do think exactly. that people who have cats, it isn't just a question the cats need a home. People need cats. The people who have cats and love their cats, they really need them. They need them emotionally. It's a really big part of who they see themselves as and how they see their life being structured. A cat or multiple cats in their home defines them in some very profound way. So if we're going to do that, folks, then we have to do it in a way that's respectful of our cohabitants. As you point out, would you make a puppy wear a muzzle for the first six to 12 months of his life so that he doesn't chew the edge of the carpet or the chair leg or your slippers? No, of course not. And that even would be less drastic than, I don't know, tearing his teeth out. I mean, it's hard to find an analogy to what is done. It is is the analogy is tearing the teeth out because it is a permanent surgery. It's going to impact the animal's life forever. And it's totally unnecessary because for, for scratching, a cat scratches, it's a normal behavior. The, I, the fact that, that you have to, in order to deal with that, you have to find what the cat wants to scratch on and put it where the cat wants to scratch. Then the problem is solved. But, but this idea of doing a surgery to deal with a behavior, that is like doing a lobotomy to deal with a behavior. Like yes. you don't do yes. surgery for any other reason than anatomical abnormality or pathology, you do do behavior modification for a behavior. And right. that makes sense. That's a, that's a really good point because you don't want to, you want to modify the environment, not the cat's anatomy. So the exactly. other thing to, to think about with scratching posts is that not all cats like to scratch on the same substrate or surface. So you have to invest 5 to $10. Wow, I think you can handle that. In the cardboard ones, people seem to like. Cat, it makes one that's cardboard and it's curved. So it has, it looks like a little cardboard wave. Other ones you can, uh, of course, sisal wrapped around a post of perhaps a cat tree is one that other cats really like. Then there's the one where there's some carpeting, right? And there was a confusion for a while, if I recall this, where companies that would make a scratching post with human carpeting 
were putting it with the carpet side out, but it was the backing side that really gave cats that satisfaction. Is that still true in your not to your knowledge? Well, I think that the idea of what a cat wants to scratch on is going to be individually right. that individual preference. So if you notice that your cat is scratching the wooden legs of your table, then the cat wants to scratch on wood. If you notice that the cat is scratching on the carpet, then perhaps one or the other side of the carpet. The, you just have to notice and then deal with the fact that it's going to take a minute to figure out what yes. it is that uh, the cat wants to scratch on and where it should be. And then always remember that the cat is going to scratch on this, and so it has to be sturdy. Because if right. it falls over and clobbers the cat, then the cat's never going to use it again. And then that um, is a futile exercise. So the best thing to do is to let your cat decide what uh, he or she wants to scratch on and then put it where he or she wants to scratch. That is case solved. You can cut the nails with a nail clipper. That's right. I mean, that's what they do with, with dogs or human babies. You just sure. cut the nails. Yeah, so just the so curve many... part. The curve part, which exactly. is the part that can scratch you or the furniture. They still will be exactly. able to scratch, but not with that little hook curve at the end. It's not It's yeah. not even as scary as doing a dog's toenails because you can see it's just a little curvy part. You don't have to worry about hitting the quick. You're not trying to make them have short nails. You just want to take off, if you will, that dangerous little hook, and they can still right. do their thing. Also, cats don't seem to like to scratch on microfiber. So if you get a couch that's made out of microfiber, it might not be as appealing as if you get one that's made out of um, like a weave. Interesting. Interesting. So choose something that's appropriate for the cat and live in harmony and don't amputate your cat's toes because what happens is that cat comes home from surgery. It's had its toes amputated. It goes to use the litter box and it says, you know what? This hurts. I'm never using this litter box again. And that is a way bigger problem. And then remember that cats will no longer have the first line of a defense, their claws. And so they have to resort to biting. Yes. And these are bigger problems. And if you look at the number one and number two behavioral problems of why cats lose their homes, it's aggression, biting, not and not using the litter box. So these behaviors are what's causing cats to die. And you know what happened when we banned declawing in, let's say, a city that's big as Los Angeles, which is like a 4.2 million person city. So it's a big city. We banned declawing. We looked at the numbers of cats who lost their homes before the ban went into effect for five years. And then we looked at the numbers of the cats who lost their homes after the ban went into effect. And the number decreased 43%. My God. Tens, tens of thousands of cats did not end up in the shelters. And you might think, well, that's just coincidence. It's not. The head of LA Animal Services said, declaw bans save lives. Our numbers nice. are lower than ever because we're not getting these declawed cats who've lost their home. Because remember, someone who declawed a cat who was intolerant of a cat scratching is absolutely going to be very intolerant of a cat not using the box or biting. Right. And those cats lose their homes. So declawing is uh, it's barbaric, but also it saves taxpayers money if they pass bans because these cats aren't sh- in the shelters. They aren't dying because they've been declawed. 
That is all so well said. Well, just to wrap up, put your cat in the movies. Depending on the amount of the donation you want to do online, you get to, your cat gets to have different very cute cat-centric words like the photographer or the cinematographer um, or the best gaffer. It, it's all clever plays on, on cat-like language. But the, the more you give, the better the credit is that your cat gets and the better you feel because you've given that much more to a really, really good cause. This ability to put your cat in this movie, which is a documentary that will be seen in theaters and I'm sure at some point streaming as well, is only till the end of January. So you have a month to do it. Go to pawproject.org, P-A-W, obviously, and just check out the Put Your Cat in the Movies. It's so charming. It's such a wonderful idea. It's a movie that's going to do what Dr. Jennifer and I have been harping on, which is tell people what they need to know to be much kinder and more genuine to their cats, but also, we hope, reduce declawing in those states. Hey, you people in the flyover states, those of you who listen, who are many, don't go and rent an apartment in that dreadful building. We should have, We should, I mean, if I was there, I'd, I'd organize pickets. They would picket the building. This building requires us to chop our toes of our cats off. Heavens to Betsy. What will they think of next? Dr. Jennifer Conrad, your work is tireless and been so successful already. I'm hoping that this movie and people being able to be part of it will only increase the number of people who see the dreaded, the dreadful aspects of declawing and those veterinarians doing it. They are unspeakable. You vets out there, you are unspeakable. And I'm, Dr. Ron Haskin was on the show recently and talked about how they aren't even teaching declawing in school anymore. I hope that's true. But if someone asks you, take a minute, educate them. Don't mutilate their cat. Dr. Conrad, thank you for being here and all your great work. And let's hope this movie is a blockbuster. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. I also want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered effective natural ways to repel fleas, ticks, and other pests on her pets and around her home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without the harsh chemicals that can be harmful to your cats, your property, and the planet. This show is also supported by the privately developed Magic Fabric Pet Throws that trap hair, dirt, and moisture when cats get up on the furniture bed or your lap. Magic Fabric Pet Throws invite kitty cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes or furniture. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's again for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people.